Happy Thursday evening, everyone. This is our first episode in Bible Boot Camp presented by Memping for Jesus Ministries. I am Pastor Mike Matthews, and this is my lovely wife, Sarah. Hi. So, so what our purpose is today and why we um, came up with Bible Boot Camp was we want to be able to to help people get into the Word of God and make it accessible. Um, this is not an in-depth study. This is for <laughs> this is because Sarah won't let me do that. Uh, she, I, prior to this, I I overthought it because I am a theology nerd and I pre- presented this episode to my wife first, and it was like a college thesis <laughs> class. And she goes, "No, get that, get that out of here." <laughs> so, so. The goal here is to help people who are uh, young Christians, uh, uh, seekers, maybe you've been uh, deconstructing your faith and you haven't been in church for a while and you just want to know, like, we just want to give you the the big picture of a book of the Bible. And the goal is so you can know God better and, and get into the scripture yourself. This ain't a verse by verse expository teaching of the book because my wife this one won't let me do it so so uh if you don't if you're new here um my name is uh pastor mike matthews i've been in ministry for over 20 years um i know i look good i don't look i don't look it um i make the pause i have cerebral palsy i know i have a pretty face i make the palsy the sexiest of all the palsies that's how I got her. So I've been in ministry for 20 years, youth ministry. Uh, 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 I was a lead pastor for six years at two different churches, and I'm currently the associate pastor um, at a church up in Newcastle, PA. And I'm going to let my wife now introduce her. So um, I'm Sarah Matthews, and I am Bible illiterate. <laughs> Not really, totally, no. but, you know, I just have desired a deeper, um, getting deeper into the Word and really understanding it, and I've had a really hard time my entire Christian journey on really understanding some things and how they connect, and so um, I think over, I was saved at 21, mm-hmm. um, been a Christian all my life, um, knowing God is good and God is uh, love, my grandma really planted those seeds. But at 21, I got saved. Um, I had a friend at work. Uh, I was going through a lot, and God is good. And I didn't really truly think that God was that powerful um, because of bad things in life. So um, at 21, I had a friend take me to church, and I got saved there. And um, over the next uh, 13-ish years, I... um, Went to church. I watched it online. I moved. Um, I went to Saddleback in Orange County and watched that online. I tried to find a home church after I moved to Pittsburgh. Yeah, she didn't tell me she went to Saddleback <laughs> when we were dating. And that's a good thing because when we were dating, I was your uh, typical Baptist uh, uh, pastor that thought Rick Warren was um, whack. 
Um, he's not. He's a he's a good man of God. Um, when he told me that, but, I was like, but, huh? But his method. But here's the deal. Here's why you always need to be learning and growing. Uh, when I start uh started dating Sarah and we got engaged, and one of the things we did was watch sermons together. Um, it made me really look at what Rick Warren teaches. I know he gets a lot of a lot of hate by Christianity, but uh, those who claim that he doesn't preach the word of God, he does. I don't want to turn this episode into the Rick Warren uh, victory lap. But one time we did a sermon, and he did so much Bible, I wanted to tap out. So, so the fact that so, anyways, it was good that. But if she would have told me that in day one, I probably would have hit uh, unmatched. Oh, uh, this white right or left. I don't know. Go ahead. So um, that was kind of my journey. And when I moved to Pittsburgh in, in 2012, uh, finding a home church was a challenge. Um, I went to a few. I definitely got wrapped up into the prosperity gospel. And then it it really is um, hard. Right. You, you start to feel like you don't fit in and... You can't name them because I I don't name them because I've been around this area for twenty years. We know. <laughs> I'm not I, naming I, I anybody. Probably, I probably know them. So, so. Um, but I'm not naming anybody. But I um, I had a hard time finding a home church, and then finally in um, twenty twenty one, um, I found the Log Church in Pittsburgh. And what I like about both Saddleback and the Log Church is they were started. By one man who had a lot of faith and trust and um, stayed the course. So um, Pastor Rick and Pastor Mike at the Log Church, um, it just made it feel like home and I, I trusted that. And it wasn't these other churches that change pastors every couple of years. And, you know, some churches that do that are okay, but there's a lot that uh, I went through 37 churches um, before I found the Log Church. That's um, a lot of churches. Yeah, so some I walked in and walked right back out, <laughs> and others I stayed for a service and never went back. Um, so I was really happy when I found the Log Church, and um, I really credit you know Pastor Rick and Pastor Mike's teaching for leading me to where I'm at now and really seeking a deeper faith and discipleship. Yeah. And in doing that, I felt ready and really uh, committed to put Christ in the center of my life. So in my dating journey after my first marriage was done, I found Mike, and he was a pastor, and I figured, well, okay, he's a pastor, so he's probably not one of those guys that say they're a Christian, um, <laughs> and aren't really one. So, yeah, I mean, the first the first three weeks of a, us dating, uh, I got her to do a devotion on uh, the YouVersion Bible app. Um, I don't know if they give swag away, but <laughs> I, I think... Crossway Publishing, who does the ESV Bible. I've been promoting yourself for years. So if you want to see this and give me some free swag, that'd be great. And then you, Virgin Bible app, like, if you want to start using our stuff and our content, help help, <laughs> help, help me out. I mean, well, so, I so just anyways. finished Rooted. Um, Rooted is a really great uh, tool as well for churches. And um, the Log Church did Rooted, and I had just finished it, actually. Um, we were uh, doing their graduation, and I was actually baptized 
there um, the day after I met Mike. Yeah, so, and, I, and I watched her baptism service, so that was cool. Yeah, so yeah. we've uh, gotten together, and uh, I'm always constantly asking him questions about the Bible, and we've started uh, teaching, <laughs> and he uh, teaches me. He's very patient, and I ask a lot of questions <laughs> and interrupt him a lot. So we really figured that doing this, recording it, um, even if nobody watches, that's fine. It's out there for, for people to see and to look at when they're wanting to know more. But I just really, really love how Mike teaches, and um, I get it. So if, I'm, if it's making things click for me in the Bible and why I should continue to read this book and what this book says, then I think that it's going to really help other people because I... Um, I think I'm a smart person. You are. You are. <laughs> I'm a healthcare yeah. finance consultant, and that takes a lot of brain power. Whatever that is. <laughs> so I was like, when I open the Bible, I literally feel dumb. I feel so dumb. And I read the NLT is my favorite. Um, I didn't tell him that when we started dating either because he was a Judgy McJudgington of the NLT. No, I mean, it, I mean then I the one of my best friends she writes her diversions and uses the NLT. Um, but uh, if she would have sent a message, I would have been uh, <laughs> it, it would have been over. I probably would have dragged over her house and burned her Bible. But the fact. Oh, because so okay, go ahead. So, anyways, um, yeah, because that's why we're we're doing this, and he's teaching me, so I know that it's going to help others. Because I'm going to ask him tough questions, and you're going to see me interrupt him, um, yeah. <laughs> and challenge him, and try to knock him off his game a little sometimes too. Um, not on purpose, just because I want more understanding, and I I seek clarity. Um, at each point that my brain says, "Hey, I'm not. It's not clicking." So hopefully that helps the audience. So the goal is to show you that the Bible is accessible to you, and that you can understand it. Because here's the deal: if you don't understand what you're reading, you're not going to be able to apply it to your life. So ultimately, with this type of podcast and this kind of conversation. It's to help you apply scripture today. That it matters in twenty twenty two. But not in some weird way. Like I'm not <laughs> I'm not reading the Bible and watching Fox News looking for signs that the world's going going to hell. That's not what we're doing here. We want you to know that you can live for God today, you can know him and he talks to you through the Bible and we wanna make it make sense. If you walk away from these episodes and you don't believe still, at least you're going to know what we what the Bible teaches. Yeah, yeah. So, so we're trying to be uh, make an informed yeah, decision. Yeah. Um, really get to know God. I mean, I think I, for me personally, like as I've gotten to know more, it's like wow, like this. It, it's it applies so much to your day to day life, and when you invite God in and 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 start to see Him work, and I mean, and then you start reading and understanding the Bible. Your faith just grows mm-hmm. deeper and deeper and deeper. Yeah. Um, you know, but if it's not your thing and you don't feel in your heart that it's your thing, then that's okay. You're going to understand it if you watch our content and watch mm-hmm. this. Yeah. Um, it may, maybe it'll make some of your points that you think, you know, confirm them or validate them. But mm-hmm. um, I was someone at the age of 19 that was saying, how can a book be written by humans, um, but it's the holy book? And I'm like, hmm, these Bible thumpers are crazy. But <laughs> well, once I got saved and once I started getting in the Word and once I started really understanding the applications to my life, wow, um, it's life-changing. Yeah. 
and and that's the goal with this Bible boot camp is that if you're a seeker, if you're I I know I'm gonna get roasted by like my circle of Christians <laughs> to, to, to for making content for seekers, but that's why your churches are empty because you don't care, you, you you make it clear that you don't care about people. So we are trying to make this a study mm-hmm. that if people have questions. The Bible is 66 books. It's overwhelming, okay? Like, you don't know, you don't, like, if you don't know how to read, if you don't, if you don't know how to read metaphor and, and all that kind of stuff, and allegory, what's, what, what is God, what is literal in the Bible, what is allegory, it can be overwhelming. And then you get goobers that tells you certain translations are the only translation you should use. So people get frustrated and they don't try. So we are. this is not a defense of any type of Bible translation. This is us trying to help you unpack scripture and truly understand that you can know God's word. That's the goal here. And I think it's important to re- like realize that, you know, I have friends that aren't Christians. Um, I have friends of all ethnic backgrounds. I'm from California. Uh, one of my best friends is Vietnamese. Another one is, and she, no, she's Buddhist. Um, I think that uh, I have Muslim friends. So, I mean, they're not trying to say that what I believe is bad, and I'm not trying to say that anyone else, yeah. what they believe is bad. Um, I can show you, like, and live the life that... God is telling me to live for my purpose, and we can share with you why we do that, and then it's really a personal choice. It's a heart choice, um, so we're not judging either way, but we're here to kind of help explain, and I love how Mike explains, so for someone that doesn't have a lot of knowledge of the history and when it was written and the audiences that it was written for, um, this is this is really good stuff yeah. because it really helps it click for me. Okay, okay. I think we've jabbered on. Yeah, okay, so, <laughs> all right. So, you want to dive into it? Yeah. All right. So, for our, our audio listeners, um, you can get this podcast on all the podcast apps. Uh, uh, we're on Spotify, Apple, iTunes, all that. Uh, we, we, it's the podcast is called Nymphing for Jesus. And, but you can find the, the PowerPoint that we're going to share on our Facebook page in the in the in the video that's going to be posted. But we are going to get started. So, um, so you started us in the Book of John. You you thought that was the first place we should go. Why? Yeah, because because it's the okay. I would not be a good Baptist pastor with my roots uh, because it it tends to be uh, we're the people that defend Jesus' divinity the most. It's like what we're known for. Like, Jesus is God. Jesus is God. Hey, wait a minute. Don't shut up. Jesus is God. So, so I, this book is the, the one that, that is a go-to that shows you his divinity. Because and of, for those of us okay. that don't know what a divinity is. Okay. It means that, simply means that he is God, that he's God in human form. That's what we're saying. That's what we're saying. Like, I'm sorry. See, this is why I need her. <laughs> because, because I love doctrine and I love the He old. loves churchy terms, loves them. Like, if it's a, if it's a churchy term or a star, I won't say Star Wars, Star Trek. Oh, God. I, oh, <laughs> You almost saw us get divorced. I am a Trekkie. 
get that crap out of here. <laughs> like, like Jar Jar Binks. I don't, I don't want to go on a rant. We're here to talk about <laughs> Jesus. But go, go ahead. Okay. Churchy terms, yeah. Star Trek, okay. and wrestling. Okay. Um, yeah. And Xbox. Uh, so yeah. if if you don't understand that, so I will. That you're gonna see me do that a lot when he says something that you know us basic folk um, <laughs> don't. Yeah. Don't so understand. so this is the book. This is the book that that first shows you that Jesus is God. That's like he's God. Like don't don't go down a rabbit trail. The like like the doctrine of the Trinity and all that. I know. It's, I just simple. Jesus is God. <laughs> Jesus is God. That's what we're going to talk about this book. Okay, go ahead. It's okay. We're not going through the doctrine of the Trinity. One day we are. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go, okay, go, okay. So, All right. okay. So, do you want to start? <coughs> okay. So, I'm going to give you the major theme of the book. This is the major theme that is woven out through every chapter of the book when you're going to read when you read it for yourself. The theme of John's gospel is that Jesus is the promised Messiah and Son of God, and by believing in Jesus. People can have eternal life. Probably everyone here that's listening to this, the one Bible verse that they know, probably off by heart, is John 3, 6, 16. It's in this book. For God loved the world and blah, blah, blah. And <laughs> and your atheist grandma knows that verse. So, for God loved the world that he gave his one begotten son, that, he, that whoever believes in him, will not perish, but have eternal life. That's Mike Matthews' translation. Okay, so, okay, so that's the theme of the book. Okay. Okay, so do you want to, do you want to read the text? Do you want to read the verses? Okay, so the verses are John 1 through 5. Yeah. And the thingy is blocking my view. Okay, hold on, let me... (laughs) Okay. Don't, so, in the beginning, the yeah. Word already existed. The Word was with God. And the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. Mm-hmm. God created everything through Him, and nothing was created except through Him. The Word gave life to everything that was created. And His life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness. And... The darkness can never extinguish it. it. Okay. 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 All right. So, yep. so what you what you want to talk about? What what what's the what did you say last night about about when I read that verse to you about Jesus being the the word? You want to bring you want to bring it up on your phone too? Well, you asked me what it meant to me. Okay. Yeah. So what the what we just read? Let me bring it back up for our audience. Okay. So what we just read? Your table's wobbly. We've been together for almost a year now, <laughs> and, and she just realized on the table. I okay, never mind. Okay, so what does that mean to you that you just read? In the beginning, the word already existed, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Okay. And what that means to me? Yeah. <laughs> what did I say last night? You meant, huh? I said I have a question. <clears throat> yeah, you said, huh? Huh? Yeah. What? Okay. Okay, that's great. We start in John. We read this. 
we're a newer Christian. We're not a Christian. We're just picking up the book of John because we're going into the book of John because some, they said that this is proving this is proving that Jesus is God. And then we read this as a new baby Christian or even a Christian that's been a Christian for a while is starting to get more into the word. And we read in the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God and the word was God. Okay. So. So. What? Who wrote this? Who wrote it to who? Yeah. What does okay. this mean? What? So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. Okay. And mean, then I don't read on because I'm completely lost. Yeah. And, and I get, I, I get, I get why. Okay. So, so the, the guy that wrote the book is John the Apostle. He was one of Jesus's first disciples. Um, and, you know, he, he. And what's a disciple? Uh, a follower of uh, a religious teacher. And how did he become a disciple? He was following uh, John the Baptist at first. John the Baptist was the guy in the in the book that his ministry was uh, was to tell the people of Israel that the Messiah was coming. So he's telling John and another guy, "Hey, there's Jesus. Jesus is walking down doing Jesus stuff." So. <laughs> He goes, that is the name of God. He's he's going to take this uh, sin of the world away. He's the Messiah. So John, like John, so John's ministry was to, to decrease his ministry, to to point people to Jesus. So John and Andrew, Peter's brother, starts to follow Jesus. So so John, who he does a humble brag in his book a lot. Is he refers to himself as the dis, the disciple, the beloved, the beloved disciple. In modern terms, it would be like the disciple Jesus loved the most. That is, you know, kind of narcissistic. I get it, but it was a humble brag. So, so, G, uh, John was one of Jesus's three uh, best friends. He, Jesus had an inner circle. It was John, uh, John, uh, Peter, and James. James and John's were brothers, but th- so it's Jesus' inner circle. One of his main guys, who also um, at the crucifixion and through the rest of her life would take care of Jesus' mom, Mary. So he knew Jesus intimates. This wasn't like secondhand knowledge. Wasn't a guy that lived in the second century. He he knew Jesus personally. So that's who. And then you told me that this was written twenty years after. This was probably written. Okay, so I don't want to go down a rabbit hole here because I'm a theology nerd. So this was probably written twenty to thirty years after the death, burial, and resurrection of of Christ and near the end of John's life. Okay, so, so go back to the go back to the verses. Okay, so the, go back to it? Go back to the verses. Okay. All right, we're going back to it. Okay. So in the beginning the word already existed. Yes. Okay. Why did he start his his writing off with that? Okay, so John. And who is he writing to? And who's going to understand what that means? Okay, so so John is writing to a mixture of Jewish and non-Jewish people. In the book, he, he when you read the book, um, he explains 
Jewish traditions and religious practices because his audience is going to be mixed. He's going to have uh, Jews reading this. He's going to have Roman and Greek people reading this. By the time he wrote this, the Christian church was popping up all over the known world, and it was a mix of races and ethnic backgrounds. The reason why he wrote this is because in the beginning, in John 1.1, echoes back to the Torah, which was the Old Testament, in Genesis 1.1. Genesis 1.1 says, in the beginning, God. So, so he is establishing right away that Jesus was more than the carpenter's son. He was more than a moral teacher, that he was at, he's the God that is the God in Genesis 1. And that is what he's trying, getting the point to. And in the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God and the word was God. Break down the word. The word. Okay. So we don't, we don't go around talking like this. I, I get this. It's not in our everyday vernacular. Uh, when, uh, when I first got into ministry, there was there was a Bible put together called the the um the Gospel according to the four brothers, and it was the gospel in Ebonics, and you could tell that it was a group of white people in a room trying to figure out how black people talk, and it was what it was a it was a horrible horrible attempt. To try making Jesus cool and hip, and and I, and if I recall right, they they called him the word up, like in the beginning, man, there was like this cool cat named Jesus, and he was the word up. It was so bad. It was so bad. So what the word actually means is because his audience is Roman and Greek, the Roman and Greek mythology had this idea of the word being like this impersonal expression of the gods, like an impersonal force. And you said last night that really helped me click that these people right now believed in Greek mythic... The gods of the... The gods of... Mythology. And they they were taught... So they were taught that that Caesar, the king over Romans, was the son of God. So this guy is writing to these people to say, hey... Uh, the God you're worshiping is not God. No, the the human that you worship. The, the, so break down yeah. the word, like you did for me last night. The word the, is the the word. The word means okay. So it, the the word. The reason why he did this is the Greek. The Greek people and the Roman people that are going to be reading this. They had this concept called logos, logos, the logos. So what he is saying is. Jesus, Jesus is God personal it's God's personal reflection of everything that he is. Okay, but that doesn't describe what the word means. The word means None of us know what logos means either. Okay. <laughs> I, I I just tried to explain it. See okay. So You said something about logos means this, which that means that, and that means this, so that means this. Okay. So, you're going to see me right now, guys, having a good pastor face on. And, and you're, okay, so it, it literally means, 
the the personal uh the personal embodiment of truth. It's truth. So he's saying Jesus is truth in the flesh. It's it's not it's not because they believed Well didn't you say that it meant that the wisdom something made it, everything go into existence? They believed in divine wisdom. Right. They, That's they, what you that said the, word the, meant. the the word means wisdom. It means uh uh create creative power. See thank you, wife, you hot piece of <laughs> lovely rib of mine. Okay. So his the 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 wisdom they believe that wisdom created everything. They create Okay, now go back to the verse. Okay. All right. Okay. So in the beginning the wisdom already existed. Mm-hmm. The wisdom was with God mm-hmm. and the wisdom was God. Yes. So, so to me that makes a whole heck of a lot more sense. Yeah. So so what they're what okay, what they're saying is that the the Jesus that I'm going to talk about, this is what John is saying. The Jesus that I am talking about, and I want you to know that you can trust him, is the the creative power that was back in Genesis 1 is this Jesus. Okay, go and, back to the verse. Okay. Let's read it again. Okay, let me see. All right. So he, he existed in the beginning with God. So he's talking about Jesus. Jesus exist, existed in the beginning with God. Yeah. God created everything through him. And nothing was created except through him. Yeah. The, the wisdom gave life to everything that was created. Yeah. And his life brought light to everyone. Yeah. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish yeah. it. So Jesus is God. Darkness is never going to extinguish it. Yeah. And... And it, it and it's just up to help you realize like Jesus was not a created being. Um, other religions teach that Satan and Jesus were spirit brothers, but clearly from this verse, John is saying, "Uh, uh-uh. uh," <laughs> like, 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 because a lot of a lot of religions do this weird thing where God created Jesus and then Jesus created everything else. That's not what this verse is saying. It's saying that right. he, he's a creator. So, so, you know. so. He starts this writing with his end goal in mind. Yes. And then he breaks it down. So yes. to say, to now we know who he's saying this to and why he's saying it. Mm-hmm. So he's saying it to these people that believe in, in Greek gods and uh, Greek mythology. And um, am I saying that right? Yeah, you're saying it right. Okay. Because, and, and the key point that I, I need to remind you is their leader... Their king, it, they he demands worship. So to say that there was because they're holding King Caesar as that what you said yeah, they're holding him as like a god. They say he's the son of God. They and then you have so John saying, "Hey guys, Caesar's not the son of God. Jesus yeah. is." So so right yeah. So you can see why back in that day that was a radical. In dangerous claim because you know he was going against the, the king. Roman Empire crucified people for the hell of it, so it was very, it's going to be very, it is very countercultural of the time. Okay, so now, so he starts the, the writing with 
hey guys, guess what? Mm-hmm. Jesus is God. Yes. And now I'm going to tell you why. Yeah. So walk and us through. Well, we go, we go through the Bible has seven signs of. So the book of John is to educate these people as to Jesus being God and why, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Go, we'll go ahead. Okay, so I'm with you now. Okay, the um, there's a lot to unpack in the book, but um, that we're trying to give you the clip notes version of why you, you what you can expect when you get into this book. Um, so there are seven signs that that John the writer gives to show that Jesus is God, and uh, the the first one is uh uh he's at a wedding um and his mom comes to him and this is this is uh uh, uh where people get the idea in 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 catholic the catholic faith on why you can pray to mary and and mary will go to jesus this is why people this is where this concept comes from but but as protestants um, we we just look at this passage to show this was the first sign that that Jesus let his disciples know that he was God. So Mary comes to Jesus and says, "Hey, the guests are out of wine, and and you know we still want to party. So so <laughs> I'm can, sure that's what she said. Can you do something? Can you do something, Jesus? So Jesus has the servants take gallons and gallons of water." And he prays over it and blesses it, and it becomes wine. And we know it's real wine, and not and not non-alcoholic wine, like some weird religious people teach. Because this question comes up, you might not notice, but this comes up on pastoral interviews in some contexts. Was Jesus miracle? A lot of people would say that it was grape juice. I'm sorry. Uh, I have well, never. I, I have you never been turn water into grape juice yeah. or wine. Or I have never been to anything. a party. I have never been to a party in my life when we got excited when people showed up with non-alcoholic adults. So, <laughs> so in the context, the men, the 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 wedding guest goes, man, most people uh, give us the 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 crap stuff at the end of the party, but you saved your. Your your best wine for the last. So the, the in the original language, it is is it's real wine because the Pharisees accuse Jesus as as being a drunkard. You can't get drunk off grape juice. And the Pharisees are people that hate Jesus. Yeah, it, the the religious leaders of the day. So so his his slam they called Jesus because he ate with so called sinners. They called him. Uh, a, a drunkard and a glutton because he he came eating and drinking. Okay. So he broke bread with people. Right. So back in that day, kids would even drink wine because water was bad. Mm. So so you don't call someone uh, a drunkard if they're if they're just drinking Kool Aid. Oh man, there goes little Trevor. He he's a high on the high sea. No. <laughs> so this miracle is important because he. So there's that, and then you have, um, you you have him. Uh, you want me to go on with the other mm-hmm. signs? Okay. So the second sign, and then we have all the addresses where you can find this. So he heals a nobleman's son, um, that was near death. Um, 
I, I believe if I can think off the top of my mind, this is important because it was a non-Jewish person. That Because you got to think back then, uh, the Jews believed that, that you, people like you and I were out of God's blessings. He wouldn't perform miracles for us. We were, uh, we were not able to become, uh, the word that is thrown around. Salvation. We weren't able to be redeemed. We were unredeemable. But this second sign shows that God's grace will come to all people. Uh, healing of the disabled man at the pole. Uh, feeding of the 5,000. Now, this is important to note that this miracle of feeding of the five thousand was so back in the back in these days they only recorded the men the number of men so actually this miracle was probably counting women and child, child children you're talking about twenty thousand thirty thousand people were fed so this miracle only records the number of the men mm-hmm. so but their wives would have been there their children would have been there. Then you had uh, the uh, walking on the water. Um, it, it proves that he has control over weather. Um, this is recorded in all the Gospels. Um, uh, the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Um, and, and then what's important about uh, the man being born blind is Jesus corrects uh, one of the minor points. It's... Jesus corrects that um, why he was born blind. Uh, his disciples goes, Lord, who sinned that he was born blind? Uh, this man or his parents? And Jesus goes, neither. He was born blind so that God, God's glory could be shared in him. So, number one, this case ends with the healing of Jesus healing of this blind man because only God as a human can do that. So that that is the glory there. That that only Jesus could do what Jesus did. And then uh the seventh sign was the raising of Lazarus from the dead. And and the what is so crazy about this story is that the the Pharisees, the the leading religious sect of the day in Judaism, they they could not, they saw this miracle. So to try to keep it quiet, they tried to kill Lazarus again, and they tried to kill Jesus. They started to plot to kill Jesus because he, they could not uh, deny what happened. So that's the seven signs of his uh, divinity. So wait, wait, you got questions? You got, you got questions? So I think that like not knowing, um, you know, what the book of John is about, why it's written, who it's written to, in the context that it's written, the audience that it's written to, like in the Bible, you can't like read a chapter and then the next chapter leads into something else. Yeah. They're, they're writings of these authors of their experiences and and things. So like it's really cool to understand like why he said what he said. This was after he had spent time with Jesus. This is after he had witnessed those miracles. Mm-hmm. 
uh, lists the miracles and the, tells the stories of the things that he saw and what yeah. he witnessed. And, and, the, and the biggest, the biggest uh, thing in this is, um, um, and he and, also pulls other 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 yeah. people into it. Yeah, which if you uh, read and, and you'll you'll get to know them. But they also have books of the Bible that will go over. Yeah, with. look up uh, look up John eight for me because uh, it's important that we yeah John eight because this is important that we say this about because. John 8, because Jesus himself, we miss this in English um, a lot. Like, you're not, like, we don't talk like this, but Jesus himself um, calls himself God. And I'm going to show you where. So, so in, a, in chapter 8, we start getting Jesus' I am statements. Well, what does I am mean? Like, uh, so we, what I want you to read is, um, um, because he makes the Pharisees get really ticked off at him throughout the whole book. Okay, so um, uh, um, read. Uh, I want you to read um. Where he says, uh, um, read, uh, read verse, um, 57 to 58. No, 59. Uh, 57 to 59? Yeah, yeah. The people said, you aren't even 50 years old. How can you say you have seen Abraham? Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. Before Abraham was born, I am. At that point, they picked up stones to throw at him, but Jesus was hidden from them and left the temple. Okay. What? Yeah. What? What? Read that again. The people said, You aren't even 50 years old. How can you say you have seen Abraham? Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. Before Abraham was even born, I am. Okay. So, living in 2022 America, what the heck did Jesus just say? They got mad, right? The Pharisees got mad. Why? Because... Jesus used the exact same words that God told Moses in the burning bush. When God revealed himself to Moses, Moses was that the, he told, he told Moses, take your shoes off, you're on holy ground. And he said, he's revealing himself as Yahweh, the Lord. Okay. And what did you say to Moses? He said to Moses, and I'm getting there, my beautiful wife, um, that Moses goes, you want me to go to your people and tell them that you have spoken to me and that I'm going to uh, deliver them from Egypt? Um, who do I say you are? And Yahweh goes, the God of Israel, I am who I am. So now you know why they picked up stones to kill this rabbi, dude, because you because they even threw it up in his face that he was a pastor child to them. Because he goes, he's like, we have Abraham, we're Abraham's seed, and we're not born of sexual sin. So they like thinking about the Christmas story, Mary, sixteen years old. 
God tells an uh, angel comes to Mary, uh, you're gonna be you're gonna become pregnant. Uh, you are uh, what's conceived in you is of God, and then Joseph, pray the 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 stepdad of the the stepdad of the universe award, uh, buys it. Because the angel also comes to her because he loved Mary. He wanted to divorce her quietly because we all know how babies are made. So, 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 after jo- we don't know how Joseph died, but clearly Jesus grows up, grows up with this, uh, thing swirling around his head like he was born out of wedlock. He was made in wedlock, out of wedlock, out of marriage. Uh, so they pretty much told him, like, we're, we're God's people, like, you were, you're, you're the child of a, 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 pretty much slamming Mary as being, uh, loose as a teenager. But so, the fact that this guy is saying this, he's using the very words. So he's saying, I'm the God. I'm the God that called Abraham. I'm the God that called Moses. I'm the God that created everything. And that's why they pick up stones to... Because they basically thought he was mentally ill. Well, uh, C.S. Lewis says that um, Jesus is either Lord, lunatic, or liar. He is, He's either telling the truth, and he is Yahweh in the flesh... Or he's a lunatic and he's a crazy person. We all probably have a crazy uncle that thinks they <laughs> talk to God while eating his pancakes. I saw Jesus in my pancakes. Well, and I think, you so, know, obviously if he was a lunatic or a liar, he wouldn't have been able to perform the miracles. No. That's why that so, the miracles the, are documented. Yeah, that's why there's seven signs. Are, because remember the purpose of the book. The purpose of the book is that John is running the churches that are in the known world at the time. Um, I think he wrote it to mon- what would be called modern day Turkey. So he's like, this Jesus that you have believed in, here's, here's the proof. Mm-hmm. Here's the proof. The book is a proof. So, you know, because, um, you, you, because you have to respond to who Jesus is. Either you have to think he's Lord, uh, or he's a liar, or he was a crazy person. Mm-hmm. Because back in that day, listen, the Jews were wanting to be freed of Roman military oppression. They were longing for a Messiah. They believed that this Messiah was going to be a political king. They thought this guy was going to come, raise arms, kick Rome out of Israel. But Jesus came on a mission. His first mission was to reveal God to everyday people. So did they not believe that he was God because he didn't do that? Well, that's part of it. Yeah, they don't believe. They, they didn't see. Because our Messiah would have rescued us from be, this? Because his, he explained he, he explained throughout the book that he was sent to die for sin. He was sent to die. That his first messianic mission was to redeem his people. He first went to Israel, and they and and we read it last night. They they disowned. They pretty much said, "Nah, no thanks." So he went through his race, his ethnic people, uh, uh, practicing Judaism, 
And he came to them and said, I'm your Messiah. So what were the religions back then? If you, you were you were Jewish or you were what? <sighs> okay. So And the Jews were his people? The the Judaism okay, so the only main religion that you need to really care about it, when you read the Bible is Judaism because there's all kinds of religions back then. You had you had um the uh polytheistic religions who believed in every god like Roman and Greeks had household gods. So they had god named after like the sun god, Mars, Jupiter, uh uh um the sex goddess, um I don't know. Aphrodite. Aphrodite. So all these gods the Greek the Greek gods and the Roman gods. So you had those world religions. So And the Pharisees were uh, they were Jewish? they were Jew they were Jewish teachers. Okay. And they and they and they were the ones that were the ones that got power and prestige from from and, and they they were they were uh they were outside they don't religious but but Jesus says you you claim to be Abraham's seed you claim to have the Bible but this your text the Old Testament speak speaks to me. But yet you don't come to me to have life. So Jesus' first mission was to come as the suffering servant in Isaiah 53. So in Isaiah, the book of Isaiah, is prophesied. And what prophecy is, is God telling the future to a pro- to someone of upcoming events. Is Isaiah in the Old Testament or the yeah, New Testament? Yeah, Old Testament. Okay. So, and... So for but, anyone that doesn't know old and new, Old Testament was before Jesus, right? Yes. Old Testament talks about the old covenant that Jesus had that Jesus that God had with Israel. So the Old Testament is tells you about the old covenant. What that means is for us everyday people is it talks about God's old contract with people of Israel. It was a contract. I'll, I'll do this if you do that. And the New Testament is about God's new contract with humanity after Jesus. Yes, yeah. There we have a new contract uh, with God in Christ. That if you put your faith in the Son of God that died on the cross for your sins and believe that God raised this Jesus to life, then you are now His child, and that there's no more ethnic or sin reasons that keep you from God. That now in the new contract, see in the old contract, the only ones that were God's people was Israel. Okay? And in Israel was God's representatives on earth. Now under the new contract, we who are Christians, no matter who you are, black, white, whatever, um, we are his representatives references I can't I'm having a policy moment uh, that's why I hope God never gives me the gifts of tongues people are just going to think I'm having this spasm <laughs> okay so so <laughs> I like messing with her okay representative is the word yeah, he was going yes. for thank, thank you thank you wife so so yeah so that's what the new contract is with God in Christ okay good stuff yeah so so we hope that uh, this has been a, 
a, a good experience for you. Um, if you want uh, to suggest a book for us to break down for you, uh, leave it on our page in the comments. Um, we are going to um, focus. We're going to be trying to do this every week yeah. on Thursday. So, so, so we are going to... Um, There's some books of the Bible that um, have a lot of chapters. Yeah. So... They might need to be broken down yeah. into a few parts. So, I mean, we, we, we're we yeah. going to try to do this every Thursday night, weekly, yeah. Yeah. all year. And, unless we have, like, we need to take something off the mobile yeah. schedule. And, and if you're new to Christian living, if you're new to Bible reading, I'm going to suggest a couple of things to you. Please don't start with the book of Revelation. That will scare <laughs> the hell out of you. Uh, when I was a new Christian, I got saved. And my uh, my uncle told me all these horror stories about the rapture and the devil and the end of the world and and I didn't I didn't understand not one thing I was reading. So if you would have told me it was, no, a, I think it's important so, too. So start small. Start with the Gospels. Start with John. Start with Mark. Mark is. I think it's important to say too, like that a lot of things that people say to you as a newer Christian yeah. or someone that's seeking is that like, here's all these rules. Yeah. Here's all these terms. Here's all these things that you need to know. Yeah. You don't need to know any of that to have a heart for Jesus and for God and, and to, for God to love you. God loves you. And all of the things that the Bible teaches, you study it. It comes yeah. with, I've been a Christian for 16 years. I'm just starting to learn this stuff. I'm married to a pastor so I can ask questions all the time. And I'm like, wait, I had this thought. Like, mm-hmm. if this is saying this and this is what's being taught, then what about this? Yeah. Like, there's going to be all those kinds of questions and there's going to be doubts and there's going to be, like, things that confuse you. And then there's going to be five different people that are your resources that you're going to go to and ask questions to. And they're all going to give you a different answer. Yeah. So and that's why you really have to go to God's yeah. word and really understand it. But to find where it's at, to to know where it's at, that doesn't come overnight. And don't be afraid. Yeah, don't be afraid to ask questions with your in the local church or wherever. But um, and I, I'm going to say this: if you're a new Christian, uh, read the New Testament first, uh, because yeah, I started reading Psalms the, when I was yeah. a new Christian, and it scared the shit out of me. Like, Oops. It, uh, it's already out there now. <laughs> You probably just saw my wife get me fired. Uh, no, so so, but we we want to be real. It but, happens. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> so so here's the deal. So um, hey, I'm real. I'm not gonna edit that out on here because whatever. So we. Okay. I am who I yeah, am. Yeah. And God came up with that term. Yeah. So. But I am doesn't mean that you're gonna get a BMW or a book deal. Just saying. So I. I want to encourage you. Read the New Testament first because... I started in Matthew when uh, yeah, you told me that, and yeah, I really like that advice because yeah. it, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is Jesus talking, and this is, this, this is like... There was just so much to unpack in the very mm-hmm. in the very beginning of Matthew, and then and then as I kept reading on, there was even more to pack. It's so dense with yeah with knowledge because it was, it was good advice. So because as Christians, and then we're gonna wrap up in a couple minutes. 
As Christians, we read the Old Testament through the lens of the New Testament because every verse in the Bible leads back to Jesus. And if you don't know that, you're going to be confused. Mm -hmm. You're going to be thinking you're reading about two different gods. And you're not. It's the same God. So, so good news. Yeah. If you're still intimidated, just start reading the Bible on your own. Hey, we're here every Thursday night. Yeah. And um, Mike's used to being people's personal pastor because yeah. it's sometimes easier to go, get a hold of than other uh, pastors. Uh, so yeah. uh, hopefully he doesn't start getting flooded now that I've said that. But I, mean, I probably will, but I'm okay with that. You're, but... you're pretty busy with answering questions for people. But, yeah. I mean, he's so good at, at simple. When someone asks him a question, he's so good at simplifying it. Um, but you, you, you kind of go overboard on the... The theology nerd when you're teaching. But we love you anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, wife. Yeah. All right, guys. Okay. Well, that's well, almost the time yeah, up. We, we hope that you enjoyed our first boot camp. And and um, we'll be back next week with another book of the Bible. And any feedback you have and suggestions on mm. things that we can do to improve. Like, this is going to be evolving over time. This is our first one. Um, so we're just playing with it and just seeing where it goes. Yeah. Uh, bye, everybody. Bye. Okay, so I guess not.